the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Bullington Capital Report, hosted by Bill Bullington. For the next hour, you'll receive information on current market conditions and trends that could affect your financial future. If you have a question, you can participate in today's program by calling 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0WHK. You can also reach Bill by going to his website, BullingtonCapital.com. And now, here's Bill Bullington. Well, welcome back. Been an interesting, actually, been an interesting few months. I mean, that, it just keeps going. It's unbelievable. But hey, like the guy said, if you'd like to call, ask any question you have uh, regarding finances, um, that's great. The, uh, today we got in with me uh, Ben Ehrman. Uh, ben is a uh, uh, financial coach for people who need to work on their budgets, which is um, about 95% of us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so 19 out of 20 people, you know, after being in this business for this length of time, I can tell you that uh, I always, I've always said there are two things that are most important when it comes to financial planning. The first was you got to learn to live beneath your means, not within your means. Within your means means you're spending all the money. (laughs) But at least you're not going over the amount that you're spending. That's good. But you need to live beneath your means. If you can't do that, you can never save enough. You can't save any money. And if you can't save enough money, you can't retire. So uh, that's the, the first most important lesson. And uh, Ben's here. We're going to bring him on a little bit later. We're going to talk about some things that you might be able to do. Ben's got a, fi- a website called, uh, is it Ehrman Financial? Yep, Ehrman, E-H-R-M-A-N, financialfreedom.com. Ehrman, financialfreedom.com, yep. And he can teach you. He uses a lot of the Dave Ramsey stuff, which I think is uh, awesome. The Because uh, um, one of the easiest things to do when you're when you're trying to do a financial plan uh, is to set up a system, and I shouldn't say easy. It's actually one of the harder things you're going to do. But once you get it in place, then it's easy, as it, it becomes a habit, you know. And, and that's what you want to do: develop habits, financial habits. Uh, there was a guy that uh, he wrote this book. <clears throat> in fact, we'll just, uh, if you don't mind, you just probably just talk the whole show. <laughs> <laughs> We've got another uh, gentleman calling in a little bit later who actually buys and sells or, or actually helps business owners who want to retire sell their businesses, which I think is a really fascinating. It, it's amazing the corollaries between that and the stock market. They're incredibly similar. And uh, so this whole show is, uh, uh, I think it's, it's pretty good. So, and by the way, one of the uh, uh, things that you'll probably notice in your career is Ben's um, just been doing this a couple of years now. Uh, and when you get to be my age, you will have seen a ton of small business owners uh, who have done very well 
and you're going to see if they don't do well, they typically don't reach out to, to talk to you. <laughs> and, um, but, and, and most of them are probably going to wish that they had met someone like us when they were a lot younger. And they, that, that's what I get a lot. Yeah. You know, boy, I wish I, I wish I'd have known you 20 years ago. Yeah. Me too. I didn't know as much as I do 20 years ago, but, they, but I, uh, I, I knew enough. And, uh, the, the thing that you really need to know, live beneath your means. I used to say, pay yourself first, pay yourself before you pay your bills. The, uh, because, uh, your bills, the, the utility companies are nice, very needed, uh, products. Uh, that credit card needs to be paid off, but, they're not going to be there to contribute to your retirement. <laughs> so that's up to you. You've got a discipline and it's habit forming. That's what you're doing. You're trying to form habits, habits of, Hey, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm paying myself first. I'm going to put that money away. I'm going to invest it. And then I'm going to live on what I have left over. Mm-hmm. And that's where you come in. How, okay. Yeah. How do we do that? Yeah. And I think one <laughs> of the other habits is it was interesting. You just said that because like, if you're going to pay yourself and you want to put money towards retirement, if you're constantly like racking up debt and racking up credit cards and just different things, that's one of the habits that people have that really take away from retirement. So instead of I'm going to put this month away in my retirement, actually I have to pay that for this credit card or that credit card because I took that vacation or did this or that that I really didn't have money for, but I had a credit card, so I put it on that. So I think you know, that's one of the habits and that's what I really see people like an area of significant improvement for people that they can have in their lives and their financial lives is like, let's focus on this. What money do I actually have to spend? Let's not spend money. I don't have, then I'll actually have money. So. Right. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, it's funny. Um, I'm thinking back, it, it reminds me of when I was your age, I was just, oh, I was, I can't remember why well, I had about. Oh man, I'm trying to think. The uh, I had about ten years uh, in my business um, indirectly. Uh, I had actually, actually, I had a two year hiatus where I, I sold advertising space in a magazine that went out to government purchasers who spend money incredibly wisely. I'm just kidding, <laughs> but uh, went out to government purchasers. Actually, a lot of them do. There, there are big processes for that too. You should see the process you got to go through to buy something when you work for the government. The uh, wow, uh, <laughs> thank God for computers. But the um, anyway, the the whole thing, uh, everything has corollaries. It's it's amazing how many things are so similar, no matter what you're doing. When you're investing, there's a discipline. You have to learn to ignore whatever's going on. Right now in the stock market, actually, uh, when it's bad, you need to ignore it. <laughs> you can pay attention when it's okay, but there's a lot of, of discipline in that too. I, I've got the urge to sell. Why? Because stocks are dropping. I'm seeing my net worth going down. You need to resist that urge. You need to have thought about that ahead of time so that you've de- developed the habit to look at this as an opportunity, not a uh, uh, an event that you need to react to. If you are reacting with emotions those those decisions nearly i almost never work out but if you're responding because of a well thought out process that you have in place that doesn't have to be complicated by the way that that's what i like about my business my business is easier to make simpler than yours is because you have a lot of moving parts mm-hmm. <laughs> 
I've lowered my moving parts down to a certain category of things that I know have a tendency to do well in the long run. So I'm ignoring all the others. And I know what they are. And I know how to invest in them. And I know why you shouldn't. So I know how to focus on that. And that's as yours, though. I mean, you got when you got kids, uh, wow. Life in general. You know, you're driving down the car, you hit a hole, you hurt your, you know, you tear your car up. You know, that can be literally thousands of dollars. That can put a big dent in your plans. So your plans have to remain flexible too. That, that, that's something that I've noticed in people who aren't very flexible. They, they just, they live a life of frustration. (laughs) I think that comes back to like the budget thing that we talked about. And what I teach people is, you know, your, your budget isn't just making sure that you're not spending more that you have. It's actually making your money work for you instead of you working for your money. So you set up your budget, you set up your savings so that if you do have something like that, if you have a car accident, you know, car breakdown, or just any anything that could happen in life, a job loss, a right. pandemic, right. you yeah. know, I teach right. people to, you know, prepare for that in their budget. And it's crazy. The system that I use has been around for years and people that have been in that system, this pandemic hit, you know, I teach people that if, you know, something happens for three months and you don't get a paycheck, that you're still going to be okay. Like, that's how you have to build your budget and you have to plan for emergencies and different incidences where, you know, if you're living paycheck to paycheck, like, you know, three out of four people in our country, you know, you won't be in as much trouble as, you know, a lot of people have seen, you know, face today. Yeah. I think it's uh, interesting. I think there's uh, a karma runs throughout the universe somehow. The, uh, in, uh, it's part of God's plan. Boy, he's got a great sense of humor. (laughs) The, uh, my, my motto is be prepared. What you might notice, uh, or you may know, or may not know, depends on how old you are. That that was the the Boy Scouts' motto: "Be prepared." I was born on February eighth. The Boy Scouts were founded on February eighth. <laughs> Long time before I was born, but the, uh, but still, be prepared. And uh, it's a uh, you know, once you're prepared, and that's what you're you know, what you do for people for young people, and that's that's actually why I wanted to have you on here because I really don't have a lot for a lot of young people, uh, an awful lot. It's the single most important thing you're going to do is getting control and being prepared. Just be prepared. And yes, you may need help for that. If you don't need help, great. Awesome. You know, you're, you're in the top 1%. The, the vast majority of us uh, needed some help <laughs> to get to the point where they're comfortable and they can feel confident because they're prepared. Being prepared. Being prepared for a, a, a drop like this in the market. Well, you didn't know that was coming. Oh, oh, yes, I did. I just didn't know when. I knew it was coming. I just didn't know when. So I'm always prepared. Always. It's why I always carry some cash. Yeah. I'm going to take advantage of this. I have this little aggressive account. It comes, uh, actually, there's a website, lookoutforthebull.com. Uh, there's a kid that goes to Casey's graduating this year, actually, be it remotely, unfortunately. But, <laughs> but the uh, he runs it. And following that stuff um, is it's a total checklist of preparation for people who want to be more active that are really trying to hit a home run. And I was just about to tell you what my performance was. And then I thought, you know, I'm not going to do that because I don't want to get in uh, trouble. There's so many disclaimers you have to put and all that. But but it's been very good. I'm very happy. <laughs> and I'm and I'm picking the stocks from that same list that he publishes on a daily basis. And anybody could do it. And the thing is, though, you got to be prepared. 
And this is what really gets me um, uh, about this whole thing. It, it, it hurt me. I made every mistake that all, I see all my clients making. You know, I've made it more than once because I'm stubborn. <laughs> but I do learn eventually. <laughs> and it's, it's good that I am, uh, I'm 57 now because I've made almost every mistake you can make at least four times. The, uh, and uh, like I said, eventually I learn. What I learned right away was how to recover from a mistake because I, I realized very quickly I came into this thinking, you know, I don't know much at all. I'm going to make lots of mistakes. So first thing I learned how to do is plan for mistakes. <laughs> that was the first thing. And uh, it comes right back down to budgeting. I mean, that's what it comes down to. And uh, you got to plan for the unexpected. And and if you knew exactly what it was, you wouldn't call it unexpected. <laughs> it would be, I'm going to plan for this car wreck I'm going to have five years from now. <laughs> or my tire goes flat or my engine blows because I forgot to change the oil. The um, Which in the future is probably not going to happen because you're going to be using uh, fusion motors. <laughs> when those blow up, that's going to be real. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's another thing I wanted to talk about, too. There, there's constantly change, and that has to be part of your plan. Change has to be part of your plan. The funds that we pick to manage uh, money for our clients, they, uh, they have various methods for determining how they're going to allocate those dollars, and it's all based on a plan. And that's what I really liked about my business. The uh, exchange-traded funds are clearly defined well, I should say the vast majority of them are. If it's not clearly defined, um, don't put a lot of money in it. I mean, if you really like something, you really want to invest in it, but it's not clearly defined, don't invest an enormous amount of money in there because you, they can't be held accountable. You know, if, if the portfolio manager makes a bad decision, you're going to pay for it. Now, if the portfolio manager is a computer who only knows that this company earned this amount of money last year that's selling for this price and, and this is how it, that's going to be consistent all the time. So the, uh, um, and I'm going all over the map here, but the, uh, which is not uncommon for me, <laughs> even especially when I was younger, <laughs> that's actually slowing down a little bit, but the, uh, uh, it's pretty funny. So living beneath your means, that's the very first, that's the hardest thing to do. You, you got to do it. And, uh, you got to get with somebody that, that can help you. Uh, somebody has got more experience than you do. Uh, can show you the the potential pitfalls so that you can plan for them. And uh, I just can't, uh, I I feel like I can't emphasize that enough, especially for younger people. I see so many people who've never heard this stuff or they hear it when they're my age. You know, I'm like, wow, that's, you know, that's pretty tough. Uh, so the, the earlier you get in and, and start working on that and become, just becoming aware, becoming cognizant, like you got to put money away. And then that's the second most important part of a financial plan is really how do you invest that money? Now that you've saved it, where are you going to invest it? That's going to have a, a significant impact on your returns. If you want to be really super safe right now and you want to buy a CD, you're looking at around 1%, you know, or less. You're looking at a treasury bill, it's less than 1%. Unless you're willing to hold a tre- a 30-year Treasury bill for whatever that is, it's a little over 1%. Do you know how difficult that is to make any headway? You're not even keeping up with inflation because I'm, I got news for you folks. The real inflation rate is not the one they're publishing. <laughs> the real inflation, you've seen the prices go up in the grocery stores, right? 
I mean, let me ask you a question, Ben. You, I, I know you do, you, do you let your wife do all the shopping or do you go do some of the grocery shopping? I, I go with her. I don't. Uh, okay. She, so you guys do it together. a lot of it, yeah, for uh, the most part. Probably the best way, actually. Yes, exactly. Especially if you've learned how to keep quiet. but but yeah so the uh uh you know i mean the prices have gone up substantially and uh that's not showing up and uh, by the way if i were a federal government and i owed uh over 20 trillion dollars and i get to pick my own interest rate and it was based on the inflation rate that i published what am i going to (laughs) publish it's going to be pretty low so you can't even keep up with inflation with most guaranteed investments today and uh, that means you're going to actually have to assume some risk. And that, boy, I'll tell you, um, there are all kinds of risks and uh, it hasn't stopped growing. But I'm going to tell you that right now, as soon as we can, we're going to do another seminar and I'm going to drag you along with me. <laughs> Either. The, uh, we're, uh, there are so many things that are going on that are so positive that are being drowned by all the negative news and I feel bad for for people who don't have access or don't know how to find the positive don't know how to look for and identify that silver lining because that's all I've ever done my entire career. I remember speaking to a uh, <laughs> oh I forgot it was the uh, um, Kiwanis I think it was Kiwanis, and it was 1996 1996 the uh, people in there I was talking about the Dick Tracy watches coming one day. And basically I was talking about the Apple watch and, uh, they were, everybody was in there and they were going, what are you, are you And one of the ladies actually will have to wait until after the commercial message to hear her remark. <laughs> you listen to Bill Bullington and Ben Ehrman right here on 1420. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Sometimes your calling comes in dreams. Sometimes it comes in the spirit's breeze. Yeah. yeah. Well, welcome back. You're listening to Bill Bullington, Ben Airman, right here on the Bullington Capital Report. And uh, I'm going to bring Ben on and back in just a little bit. In the meantime, we've got another guest coming in today. That's two guests in one day. That's actually a record for me. <laughs> And his name is Darren Curtin. Darren, are you there? I am, Bill. Well, welcome to the show. Darren uh, sells businesses. I, and I, if I'm saying that wrong, please correct me. Don't uh, uh, feel bad about that. But we were just talking about being able to live beneath your means and all that. And uh, a big part of the wealth in this country is generated by small businesses. It's interesting to me that most people think of the, that the big businesses employ most of the people. When in fact, ninety-five percent of the businesses uh, are of the employment is actually done by smaller businesses, the large corporations, the the uh, GMs, Fords of the world, uh, even Google and uh, Facebook. Relatively small percentage of the grand total, the vast majority of small uh, businesses are owned by people with fewer than fifty employees. So that's, I think that's kind of right in your bailiwick, if, bailiwick, if I'm not mistaken. It sure is, Bill. That is exactly the space we work, and uh, your show is very apropos to what's going on in the current economy. You frequently speak of, of people's discomfort with what's going on. Um, and if people are looking to sell a business, the calls and the emails we're receiving from prospective clients, 
they ask the question, is now really a good time to sell? I think the deeper question is, are there buyers? And the answer to that question is there sure are. There are strategic buyers looking right now to take advantage of, of potential growth that will come down line. There are certainly a moderate amount to a strong amount of cash buyers in the venture capital, in the um, smaller family fund, and more importantly, uh, some additional groups out there that are looking to acquire and move their money. Um, right. As you know, other than the stock market, there's not a lot providing a return right now if you put your money into conservative investments or oh. too conservative, whereas you can grow, yeah, be an entrepreneur, help your community, employ everybody, and there's such an opportunity right now. Yeah, it's uh, it's amazing to me that uh, you know I've been around in my business for such a long time. A lot of businesses that otherwise would have uh, um, gone public have decided to stay private. And there's a lot of private money. I think there was around $3 billion in funds that are managed by local family offices who do what you're talking about. They go out and buy businesses. They don't really want to run the business. Um, they want to buy the business, keep the people in place that are running, kind of what Warren Buffett does. Uh, he does it on a much larger scale, by the way. But <laughs> but uh, it, it's very it's fascinating to me that uh, how this is all developed. And, you know, you're right. So if you're out there, if you're a small business owner, you're thinking about uh, selling, you wonder what your uh, businesses might be able to get. How, how would somebody get a hold of you, Darren? Well, uh, our firm is a full-service uh, business advisory firm, Bill, and our company operates. We are known as TD Business Transaction Advisors, um, based out of North Ohio, specifically Akron, but we service the entire Midwest and quite a large area, but definitely Ohio and the Northeast Ohio communities uh, and business communities. Um, our direct contact would be, do you mind if I provide my phone number? Yeah, no, go ahead. Um, our direct office contact numbers for, depending where you're calling from, uh, would either be 330-388-0768 or 216-978-3232 for prospective business sellers or buyers, for that matter, to contact us directly. Right. Uh, or you can find us online at our website, of course, with TD Business Transaction Advisors. If you put that in the search block, it'll take you right to us. Or you can just go to my website and uh, click, hey, can you give me the contact information and I'll uh, <laughs> I'll send it to them. So that's probably one of the easier ways uh, for people to get through to you as well. But uh, I just have to, uh, this is a, a personal observation. You're the only person I know that talks as much as I do. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I equally listen. I'll tell you, we have made ourselves very attuned to to clients. Um, you know, and I guess I want to speak specifically to the baby boomer generation as they're considering exiting. Um, this is still a solid time to sell. Um, you know, everything in my world and our world is based on cash flow. Right. If you have a relatively stable company, and even in these current times, buyers will adjust. Lenders will adjust. They recognize that this is a temporary downturn and a hiccup in the economy, and everything adjusts accordingly. So um, there is still certainly opportunity on both sides, from the buy and especially to sell right now. Right. I'm always amazed at uh, how far your your business has actually progressed. I mean, the industry that you're in. Um, it is a lot easier than it used to be, but well, easier doesn't mean better. <laughs> that you you have that is very true. Yes, you you really need to pay attention. Got to be careful. Uh, look at the deals you're entering into, uh, and that's that's where some I 
I am so convinced part of God's plan is he made it so that you cannot rely just solely on yourself to get by in this world. <laughs> I mean, you could, you could try. And uh, I think I had a, a great uncle. He passed away when I was um, 18 or 19, lived on a farm. And this was way back, this was in 19, uh, 1980, and actually 1981. So, and he had saved up a sum of $250,000, which was an enormous amount of money back in those days. Now, he did everything himself. So, he lived in what most people would consider a shack. It literally had a dirt floor. <laughs> he had a well. <laughs> he, and I'm thinking, you know, um, yeah, he saved a lot of money, but at what cost? <laughs> What did, somebody with that kind of discipline could probably have done anything he wanted to and uh, built a real big business. He was a farmer, but the uh, anyway, I was just thinking, oh, he did all that without uh, uh, you know much help. What would he have done had he had? And by the way, the interest rates back in those days, the interest on a a treasury was over fifteen percent. Think about that for a second. A fifteen percent treasury. You know, you bring up a great point with that, Bill. If somebody utilizes SBA loan. Uh, or structures their transaction and a purchase under the purchase price of $5 million to buy a small business, the SBA rate right now is floating right around approximately 6%. Wow. That's, that's a so re- the opportunity cost on money is highly available to people. Right. Yeah. That's great. That's awesome. So, uh, hey, Darren, what, what parting wisdom can you impart on us today? And, uh, again, uh, this is Darren Kurt. He's the, the president at TD Business Transaction Advisors. Uh, if you want to know more about this, because uh, he's, we're going to have him around on future shows as well, and uh, I can put you in touch with him and give, give you his contact information, um, or you can just go to, right to his website. But do you have any uh, parting wisdom for us? You know, I do, for, especially I'd again want to speak to those who are prospectively looking to sell their business for the purpose of retirement. Uh, I would advise them whether they engage with our firm or any of our associates, hire a reputable advisor slash broker. Those words are thrown around. Broker tr- Business broker traditionally means selling a smaller or commonly known as Main Street business. Mm-hmm. Look to engage with someone that has not only experience but has that in to go along with what you said, it's quite accurate, has affiliations with attorneys and accountants and a pretty decent marketing or strong marketing platform where they can really get your business out there in front of the right buyers. Um, it's very important uh, to do that so that they land where they want, which is to exit their business. And most likely is probably their largest asset that they hold right. and prospectively their retirement. And of course, so they can come right back to you and continue to live comfortably, Bill. Yeah, I just hope they get uh, a uh, fair deal for their business. And uh, uh, thanks thanks a lot for coming on today. We'll, we're going to have you back on more regularly, if you don't mind. The, uh, That'd be great. In this time, I think it would be wonderful. I appreciate the invitation. Yep. Thanks. Well, have a good day. You as well. Thank you. Bye-bye. So that was uh, Darren Kurt, and uh, I've known him for a few years now. Uh, again, TD Business Transaction Advisors, you've built a small business and now it's time to exit. You might want to give those guys a call. There's no obligation, no cost. The uh, And uh, if he gives you a hard time, I'll put him in a headlock. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't Darren. <laughs> but, uh, so anyway, back to business. Um, it's amazing how businesses are, they, they're very similar. 
they're very similar. And it's the same thing that happens to small businesses. Um, they, um, they under budget. Um, oftentimes they, they take a shot. Uh, they, they're not really well that very well capitalized and then something happens. And I, I always laugh when I read back Ben and Jerry's wrote this, uh, the, the Ben and Jerry's ice cream, which, uh, I think I got up to about almost 260 pounds eating that stuff. <laughs> I, I am laughing about it, but I'm not kidding. <laughs> The uh, Ben and Jerry's ice cream was was my favorite. I couldn't believe that they could charge like five dollars a pint for it. They were like before Starbucks. I think that's what encouraged the guy at Starbucks to charge five dollars for a cup of coffee. But the uh, and then Chipotle comes in a six dollar burrito. Really, there's <laughs> like seventy five cents worth of food in there. <laughs> I'm just kidding, kind of. <laughs> but anyway, I just. Uh, these guys had they they wrote a book after they sold the business they they built it as big as they felt like they could get it to and it was very successful and then this stock comes public I bought this stock it was at a very reasonable valuation it just gets crushed <laughs> I mean it just goes it's down seventy five percent like within three months of my purchase I'm like oh brother uh, I ended up um, adding to it and that ended up being one of my better stocks in my career the uh, the Ben and Jerry's and I'll never forget it. So, uh, uh, but you know, it had the problem that was a small business. So they didn't have a, uh, compared to IBM and, you know, Ford and GM, it was small, uh, relative to a normal business. It was huge. Okay. But in the stock market, it was relatively small. So this, the stock goes way down and, uh, these guys are, you know, I, I, they had to be super upset, but, uh, eventually it recovered and then they got bought out at a big premium to the price that they had paid, that they had sold it. Uh, the stock to the public at over a couple of years later. And that's kind of how stocks go. You know, and people ask me all the time, well, why do they go down like that? Um, because they're stocks. <laughs> and if you watch stocks long enough, that that's what the conclusion that you're going to come to is stocks go down a lot sometimes. So uh, timing, you know, putting a, a good price on a stock, whether you're buying a stock or you're buying a fund, and, and I don't believe that most people have the time uh, or, or can put in the effort or energy, neither do their advisors to be able to go out and manage an individual stock portfolio. You want somebody to do that, you're going to have to be part of a, a fund, a professionally managed fund. The fees are going to be huge. You're not going to see most of them, but the, uh, and they're going to diversify and the chances of them, um, keeping up with your, your average stock fund portfolio are remote. <laughs> I wouldn't say that they're worse than the Browns winning a Super Bowl, but they, uh, but they are, it, it's tough. You know, it's really tough. And when you're thinking about selling a business that you've worked your entire life for, you want to make sure you, you've got your bases covered. Talk to, you know, talk to multiple people and you know, get, get some bids, find out who you think you're uh, going to enjoy working with. That's a big, that's a big part of this, by the way, that that's an area that I think missed. It's rarely talked about in my industry. You know, there are a lot of people who are competent in my field. There are a lot of people who are competent in all fields. Okay. But if you, if you don't actually like those people or don't get along with them, the chance of an optimal transaction going through is pretty remote. So in other words, uh, talk to people, listen to what they say, and inevitably you're, do your background checks, do, do the work that you need to do. But you really need to get along with somebody because whether you're selling a business, whether you're investing in other businesses through stocks, it's stressful. Whether you're trying to do a budget and figure out how much you can live on, that's stressful. Okay. 
So you need to be working with people that, that you kind of know, uh, enjoy being around because it's stressful. And the worst, the last thing you want to do is add more stress to that. <laughs> so you want to make that, uh, keep it kind of, uh, uh, you know, on a, I don't know, try to, try to pick people you think you can get along with. You don't necessarily have to agree with them on everything. Um, but if you think you can get along, that, that's a big deal. And uh, I try to do that in my own practice. You know, when people come in, yeah, I'm listening to what they say. There are certain uh, keys. If they hold certain points of view, I know we're probably not going to get along. So I might like them. I didn't. Most people I like. Yeah. But they're the, you know, if we're not going to get along, that's not going to be good for, for either one of us. So that's basically, that's kind of how I try to run my business. And uh, let's see, I'm getting up. We've got about, uh, now we got about four or five more minutes before the next commercial break. Yeah, I, I was going to talk to uh, Ben again. He specializes in an area that, that I think, um, I'm not sure how you decided to specialize in that area, other than maybe personal experience, but because uh, <laughs> that's how I would have. But in, in budgeting, uh, you do a lot of work, a lot of uh, counseling with uh, uh, married couples doing their budgeting. Can, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so, yeah, I got in um, to this business. Uh, you know, I'm a financial coach. I, I work with couples, and the more I work with couples, the more stats I see, the bigger um, need I see to work with married couples and kind of show them just a couple of key things. You know, there there needs to be a financial foundation built when you are a married couple. And one of the things is funny, you know, it was, this actually wasn't personal, like with me and my wife, because this is actually like the thing that we are best at. It's crazy. Um, but as I work with other couples, I see some just key, just tweaks that they can make to really change their um, marriage. And a lot of it has to do, you know, with finances. Right. You know, it, it's crazy because, you know, the biggest studies have shown that the biggest reason for fights in marriage and in turn, Divorce is money. money. Yep. And a, a lot of couples don't even realize that because it's not always like out there. Because I'm like a mental health advocate too. I kind of have to right. be. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> you know, I have yeah. to understand the mental. They try managing their money. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's money is such a, it's such an emotional thing. You know, it can bring you joy. It can bring you anger. So if you don't realize that money is an issue that's calling, causing some of this anger right. and resentment right. in marriage, it can be tough. So right. I really want to help marriages build a financial foundation so they can be successful. And really the things that I'm helping them do isn't just about finances, but it actually helps their marriage overall. And I have three steps that we're going to get into when we come back okay. to show you what those are. That sounds good. You're listening to Bill Bullington, Ben Ehrman, right here on 1420. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. I haven't watched the tears fall plenty from heartache and strain. So if life's journey has you weary and afraid. And we're back. Hey, you want to talk to Darren Kurt? You've got a business. You're thinking about selling it. You just want to talk to somebody. There's a no obligation consultation that he offers. He's working on a website that's actually going to help you put together a valuation for that at no cost. That's kind of cool. Um, and if you'd like to get together and talk with Ben about uh, uh, doing a budget, you know that that's one of the things that, quite frankly, at this point in my career, 
I just don't have time to do anymore is to walk because it, it's involved. I mean, it, it's really involved. And uh, when you think about it, um, it should be, it should be involved. So we, uh, people ask me all the time, well, what do you, then what is it that you do? Yeah. Well, we manage money. And if you think that's easy, <laughs> it's because you've really never done it or you haven't paid much attention to the investments, just kind of let them fly, which is really funny. A lot of people have done very well. <laughs> Ignorance is bliss until it isn't. Um, at some point in time, you make a big mistake, and that's typically not until you, uh, later in life because if you have been lucky and you've been young, uh, let me tell you something. Luck has two sides to it. There's good luck. <laughs> And if you live long enough, you'll get to experience both of those. Yeah, And I don't rely on luck. I just try to get down the middle and uh, try to manage that risk so that I don't have to rely on luck. If I'm relying on luck, it typically doesn't work out as well as I would like it to, uh, which leads me right up into the last point Ben and I were going to talk about. I'm going to talk a little bit, though, before we do that, about uh, individual stocks, um, you know, obviously the market's, uh, it's been looking very strong, but just recently, internally, the number of stocks that are, are in a short-term uptrend have overtaken. That has not happened. It started off with just some of the really, really big stocks. Well, now that's, and the smaller and medium-sized companies were lagging behind. They were not participating. Okay. Now they are. Okay. That doesn't mean that this can't turn on a dime. It can. I've seen it happen a million times, but. All other things being equal, when the vast majority of stocks are going up, that's a good sign. So now uh, I feel much more comfortable about adding to my stock holdings as of this past week. And as Forrest Gump would say, that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> Just kidding. But uh, anyway, um, Ben, we were talking about, uh, and this this is really important. The um, I actually have to... I. I you know, before we get onto this, we dropped the price on lookout for the bull down to ten bucks, and I've been promising to start dropping in and commenting. I'm going to make that promise good this week. Won't be long comments because there's really not that much to talk about. When you read the training, if you read the training, by the way, the the person that actually designed the website, who's got a, a advanced degree, he's a mathematician, he's an engineer and and an artist. The uh, he made this mistake that was. He was the one that formatted and put the text on the page <laughs> and, and still did, didn't realize it, but he broke the rule. And uh, he wrote back, well, what should I do? I said, well, first of all, you need to go back and write, reread the page that you wrote <laughs> and, and for, well, formatted anyway, and put on the website. So it's hard on uh, what you're talking about. That, that's hard. It's really hard, uh, and oftentimes it just helps to have somebody come in and ask you questions. When you start to answer the questions, then you start to think. And you made a comment that uh, a lot of people don't realize, you know, how much stress their marriage is under because one of the parties is concerned about finances uh, and wants to get kind of get a handle on how things work. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's an old saying: "Happy wife, happy life." Yeah. The uh, I think there's a lot of truth to that. It's too bad nothing rhymes with husband, <laughs> but because I'm sure it goes both ways. And uh, I don't know. Did you want to speak to that a little bit? Yeah. Um, you know, real quick, I just want to go through the three steps, you know, since they're, they're just really important steps and they're three steps that seem like they're really easy. 
but they're not being done. You know, when we talk about um, building a budget and budget being the foundation, you know, I think these are three steps that really build your foundation financially in marriage. So um, number one is communication. You know, I think a lot of couples don't talk about finances. I think it's just kind of there. We get the bills paid. It's usually one person doing it or it's split up. One person does half of it and one person does another. But that's it. There's nothing talking about it. Right. You know, if you think about two people that work for the same company, their boss tells them, um, hey, I need two of you to get this project done by Friday and it's Monday. And they go through the whole week and they don't talk about it. They get the Friday. That project's probably failed. It's right. done. The boss right. comes in. It's not done right. It's not done at all. There's so many. You know, it, it's just and that's exactly how marriages and we wonder why we have so many issues financially in marriages is because there's no conversation you know right. one person is doing it all like i said or maybe it's split up and the other person just you know maybe just doesn't even want to talk about it at all they don't want to deal with it it stresses them out so the other spouse picks it up and says all right i'm going to deal with it you know what i just thought of what would be a really interesting statistic and in, uh is how many marriages uh, they they attribute 50 percent of divorces to um money you know, money issues. I, it'd be interesting to see if they put people through training to the test group and did the uh, uh, double blind testing. You know, how many, if they had conversations and spoke with a third party, an, an uninterested third party, so basically it's not the wife's friend, it's not the husband's friend, mm-hmm. just looking at it objectively and made observations. It'd be interesting to see what the approval rate uh, on the longevity of those marriages would be. I, I would love to see that if anybody ever wants to fund that one day. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is, I mean, this is, this is, I'm just starting to put this together. I'm putting a lot of information and things together to help married couples. This is something new and this is something I've learned as I've talked um, to couples about finances. And these are things that I'm helping them with and telling them about. And I can see a difference. I'll see them one week and then I'll see them right. next time. And you can already tell like they're talking about it. There's been some conflicts. You know, and that's another reason why people don't communicate is they're sure. afraid of conflict. Right. If I talk about this, we're just going to argue. But I tell couples, you have to find that happy medium. You know, right. it's just we when you're in marriage, you can't think about yourself, what you want. You know, what me and my wife did recently, we had a laundry list of things. It felt like a laundry list of things that we wanted. So we listed them all out and said, okay, what's important? What's not important? Things that we can put off, we just X'd out. Okay. These are things that I think we can actually, you know, handle now. Okay, well, what order do we want those in? So, you know, that is such a difficult conversation for couples because oh, that sure. brings right. about conflict. For now, I'm going to make a suggestion here. Um, if you are thinking about getting married, <laughs> right. you might want to come and see him to have that conversation first. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big deal. We've got to take a really quick phone call. Matt, you're on the uh, Blinken Capital Report. You have a question or comment? Hey, Bill. Hey. Hey, first off, I just want to say thank you and thank you for doing what you do. And the reason I say that, uh, I'm a police officer. I've called in your show several times and uh, I've been to some of your seminars. We've got so many people thanking us for doing the job that we do. And I think part of what I was going to say probably kind of uh, fits in with all this, but it's like, you know, financial education and educating people about all these things. I mean, look at the root cause of so many of these problems we're dealing with and even with what's going on right now right. with the civil unrest in our country. And so for someone like you, Bill, you know, we've had people say thank you for doing our job and with the COVID-19, thank you. 
So thank you and keep doing what you're doing. And just, it, it's like a spiritual thing about money and, you know, and, and, and you're great with what you do and I oh. appreciate it. Well, so. thank, uh, thank you. I've never, uh, I, I'm going to have to rec- to cut clip this and put it on my desk now <laughs> so that I can, <laughs> I can listen to it every once in a while. But uh, I appreciate that. That is such a nice thing for you to say. Yeah. Yeah. And, you, you guys are right here. I mean, like he said, the root cause of divorce and bankruptcy and college loan debt. I mean, just poor financial education and people just don't get it. And, you know, it's, yeah. it's playing in front of your face, but people just don't get it. So, yeah, I but think, thank you, Bill. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. And I, um, have a good weekend and I really appreciate that call. That, that, that means a lot to me. Good. Thank you. Have a blessed day, sir. Thanks, you too. Bye-bye. One of the interesting things really quick, um, you know, talking about education, how people aren't educated. I don't think they're they're not specific so-called educated. I just think the education that they're getting is just by advertisements that they're seeing out there. Yeah. You know, you can have this. You just make payments. It's so easy, you know, and that's that's the education that people are getting. And that's why people, you know, fall so far behind right. college, go to college, get a student loan. Everyone does it, you know, but that's not, that doesn't always yeah. have to be the case. You know? No, I know. And it's, you know, it's tough. Uh, it, what, it's what creates an opportunity for a show like this to be able to come in and try to help in that area. Uh, we didn't talk a whole lot about stocks today. People typically, a lot of people don't think of me only as a stock guy. The, uh, and well, the, um, and actually I've got that down so cold that I know exactly what you need to know and what you don't. And I'm telling you, 99% of what you hear about the stock market is unnecessary. But they got 24 hours a day to fill up on cable television and multiple channels. So you're going to hear about a lot of stuff that's not that important. And the important things are uh, really, there are only a handful of them. Uh, whether it comes to valuing a business like Mr. Kurt, Darren Kurt was talking about, I'm telling you, uh, it comes down to sales and profit margins. That's, that's your shortcut. That's your tip, their secret for the day. It comes down to sales and profit margins. You don't have sales. You don't have a business. You have a business idea, a business plan. When you have sales, if you can pay all your bills and are left over with a profit, woohoo! You know, that's what we're there for. That's what a buyer is interested in. Whether you're buying a stock or you're buying a, a, a private company, you don't want to spend your money and get nothing back. You don't want to spend your money and get one half of 1% back. <laughs> you definitely don't want to spend your money and end up owing more money. The, uh, so it, that's the part that doesn't come through clearly. All the schooling that I had, I think it was a National uh, Association of Event Clubs, NAIC, that actually made the most sense because they spoke in a little more, uh, they used a lot more language, but it was more similar to what I just said. Now that I hear the music, the show is over. This one flew. Anyway, hey, Ben, thanks for coming on. We're going to get you back on regularly. And uh, thanks for all those listeners out there and the policemen doing their jobs. Great. Uh, I wish I had more time. But I will come back next week and, and pick up from where we left off. Anyway, have a good week, everybody. Good luck and good investing. You just caught another edition of the Bullington Capital Report, broadcasting every Saturday at 11 a.m. on AM 1420, The Answer. If you have a question and you'd like to speak to Bill personally, you can call him at 330-664-0700. That's 330-664-0700. Or online at BullingtonCapital.com. That's BullingtonCapital.com. 
The preceding program has been paid for by Bullington Capital Management, LLC.